You're listening to Impulse to Innovation. The Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Mees. As a global community of mechanical engineers with over 120,000 members in 140 countries, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers has been at the heart of the engineering profession since 1847. The Institution's mission is to improve the world through engineering by sharing the latest news, views and insight into the creative world of technology and the people that make it happen. Throughout this year, I've had the privilege of attending several of the Institution's challenge events in which students from across the UK and internationally come together to compete for some of engineering's most coveted prizes and titles. This month, I was able to travel to IMACE HQ and meet up with the teams, judges and sponsors at one of these competitions, the final of the Design Challenge. The Design Challenge gives first and second year undergrads a taste of real world engineering, challenging them to design, create, present and run a device to strict technical specifications. The competition is intended to complement their academic studies and has been incorporated into several university degree courses as part of their project module. The challenge is open to teams of up to five students. These teams compete in local regional competitions from March to May, leading to the national final for the regional winners hosted at IMACE HQ at the start of the following academic year. The challenge is made up of four key elements the design, build and test of a device to compete with other teams, production of a poster to publicise the team's work, demonstrating the team's ability to sell their design solution, a short presentation explaining the design and development of the device, demonstrating the team's verbal ability, and a peer review where all teams have the chance to vote for the best engineered solution to the problem. This year, the students were tasked with building a line launcher based on those used for RAS systems on naval vessels. Despite the first year teams only having £30 to spend on their design, the quality and level of construction of the device was way beyond expectations and the competition was extremely close, coming down to a matter of a few points between the teams on the final scores. Between the presentations and heats, I managed to chat to Tim Baker, chair of the Design Challenge competition itself, founder of the Design Challenge and chair of the Northeast Regional Competition, David Ball, Bridget Ogwesi, Senior Academic Development Manager at ANSYS UK, and Jana Pieru, Mechanical Design Placement Student from Red Bull Powertrains Limited and a previous competitor in the challenge. I started by asking Bridget about why this kind of competition was so important to industry. Hi, my name is Bridget Ogwezi. I am an Academic Development Manager at ANSYS. Bridget, thank you ever so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's a real pleasure to have you here. So you're from ANSYS and, and what, what does the company's involvement in this kind of competition, what does that entail? Well, ANSYS, we have an ethos. It's um, simulation everywhere. And we understand the power of getting simulation into the engineering curriculum and getting it done earlier on so that engineers have a handle on the power of simulation and taking that across their uh, academic um, career and then easily into industry. 
Right. And that spans many different industries. So design competition is for first and second years. So this is the best place for us to be. Yeah. So being able to see not only what the students can do and your future workforce, I suppose, as well, and um, but also encouraging them to come into the, the business and into modeling and simulation. Absolutely. Some of the presentations show that, that students who start this early, they get a real handle on the, their understanding of engineering. That's the best, best thing. Earlier on, they get a great understanding. And then that just really drives them forward, drives innovation forward and then into, of course, the workforce. Yeah, yeah. And, and how does that play out? Do you, um, by being involved in these kind of competitions, and I'm sure the company's involved in lots of, of other STEM-related sort of projects, um, it, does that help you to then find engineers for the business in the future? That's a fantastic question, actually. It does, it, does, it does more than that. It does help us find engineers for the future, but it also helps us develop our tools because if we see what's happening at the grassroots, so to speak, we can understand how we can make them more suitable yeah. for younger engineers and then they can get a handle on that much more easily. Right. And then, of course, we are building a pipeline for our workforce. Yeah, yeah. So what, what are you hoping to see today? Because this is the first time not only you've been to the competition, but is this the first time you've been to I'm a Key HQ? First of all, it's pretty cool. It is One pretty cool. Say. We are <laughs> in a lovely room, aren't we, right now? <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. There's St. James's Park across there. That is pretty cool to come up to. Um, I'm impressed to see students have the courage to actually come forward to present, to show their designs, fail if they have to, but actually take that step. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty good to be here. Yeah, I mean, it must be certainly for... Uh, I didn't do the, the the design challenge, wasn't around in my day, but f for them to be able to come here to such a building, which is quite an intimidating thing, and to, to get up on on the stage and present, you know, that's that's quite a challenge for any young person, I suppose, isn't it? It absolutely is. I also commend the academics that support the students that do this, because they do need that support, but they also need the, the, the vision of the academics to say, well, we won't wait till the final year, we'll do this earlier on. They may not be ready, but you never know what will happen if you're very surprised. When you, when you push students at this level. But I think I think that's exactly, I'll just pick up on what you said about it's okay to fail. And I had that conversation earlier on with, with uh, one of the guests that here, that's here today. You know, the whole purpose of doing these kind of competitions is, is to help the students understand that innovation and creativity comes from failure. It comes from those opportunities of seeing things not work and what you can do better to make it a better product later on. You couldn't have said it better. I did it when I was doing engineering. There was there was no room for failure. You were meant to pass every single stage, and that I think it stifled you a little bit. Yeah. You were terrified, but the the, the the ability to fail and then be to learn from that is very powerful, and it's great to see that happening. Here. Yeah. So have you've had a chance to look round the the entries? They're kind of doing their they're sort of they've done their presentations they're showcasing their launches so this year they're doing um line launches um what what have you seen what what are your takeaways from it so far before they even get into throwing things around the room <laughs> the design process fascinating they have like, design matrices they put weightings to different categories who taught them that? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember doing that when I was a student. I don't remember doing it either. Who taught them that? So I love, I love the detail, the different methods of um, production. Some use the additive manufacturing, some use the lathe. All the different elements that they combine into a relatively small project. Yeah. That is pretty cool to see. And in a short time frame as well. 
impressive. Yeah, there, there are some really interesting uses of different materials as well, isn't there? That there are some that have used laser cut woods, others that have used um, sort of metal and, and traditional stuff. springs and all kinds of things. Yes. And there's even some 3D printed stuff down there. There has been, yes. And those decisions, that's not an easy thing to do, to, no. to make the decision, to discard some, to justify the ones you do make. That's a great skill to learn. Absolutely a great skill. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I, I will hopefully catch up with you later on when they've done, when they've started throwing things around the room <laughs> with the launches. Um, so it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, so my name is Joanna. Um, I am a, me a mechanical engineering placement student at Red Bull Powertrains. Um, and now I'm back at UCL to finish my, my studies and then hopefully return back to Red Bull. Jana, thank you ever so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Now, I, we, we talked a little bit outside before and you actually did the design challenge. Was that last year? Yeah, it was last year. So um, we were a team of four and we won the Greater London Regionals and we were actually here a year ago around this time. So. Yeah. So it must be quite strange, like coming back and just not being part of it, but being part of it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit strange having to, to look at designs and kind of come up with questions to ask the people competing when I know what, what it's like to be on the other side of things. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Now you work for Red Bull Racing or you're on your, uh, you've been on your internship. Is that right? Yes. I did a year long uh, placement with Red Bull Powertrains. Yeah. And, and do, do you think doing the design challenge, having that experience of like taking part in a competition, being pitted against other uh, universities and things, do you think that helped in any way during your industrial placement? Uh, definitely. Um, especially when you compare it with um, something like Formula One, uh, it's kind of, it's very similar to what the design challenge is. There's a, a set of rules. There is designing something from a blank sheet of paper, defending your design in front of experts and finally racing or going to competition like this one. Yeah, yeah. It's all very similar. Yeah, so you, you, you got quite a lot out of it in terms of, of your placement. So obviously your year at Red Bull must have been fantastic because Red Bull have had a great year in Formula One. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was lucky. I was in the operations room uh, for the last race of the 2021 season when Max uh, won the Drivers' Championship. Uh, the, the atmosphere in the team was uh, amazing. It was yeah. insane. So, I mean, obviously taking that real excitement from that whole year of, of being in Formula One back to university now, how, how are you finding going back to kind of the mundane classroom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not the, the nicest transition uh, back, back to studying and exams, but um, I am actually part of UCL Racing. So uh, I'm leading um, UCL Racing teams. So uh, I'm kind of back to university, but also kind of doing something similar that, to do what I was doing at my placement. So it's not that, that far off. Yeah. So you're part of the Formula Student competition then. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. It, you know, knowing what you know now, having taken part in this competition, what what kind of insight have you been able to impart to the students today? What what encouragement have you been giving them? Um, well, apart from um, 
just being part of the design challenge is the first step to being close closer to industry. And I, loads of them were asking me today if I had any tips on, on how to, to get on a placement like Red Bull. Um, but honestly, the first step starts here and they've already done it. But in terms of insight and how to, to do well in an engineering job like that, what, what I found helpful was looking back at my time at the design challenge and what worked with our device was to look back at basic engineering principles and all, always always pick the simple solution uh, and start working from there because when you try to overcomplicate things it's just more things that can go wrong absolutely yeah that you know that i think what you what the students gain from doing this um competition is that they, they realize the complexity that that can grow out of just a small problem like launching a ball into the air or climbing a rope and they don't realize that um that you know they need to keep it simple and keep it as as straightforward as possible to achieve their goal i mean the budget is quite tight on this as well isn't it they only get about 20 20 or 30 pounds i think for the yeah i think it's 30 pounds for first year and us as second years last year we had 100 pounds and we barely i think it was like 99 pounds our device that cost in the end so you have to maximize the the budget and i i guess comparing that to go from something where you've only got a few hundred pounds or a hundred pounds of, uh, of money to then millions of pounds working on a race car. That must have been quite an experience as an engineer to kind of suddenly realize that, you know, the amount of money that goes into engineering in terms of producing a piece of technology. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think they're still very similar in the sense that for race cars, you have all this um, exotic materials that you use and all, all these processes, manufacturing processes that cost a lot, but there's still a budget, there's still a cost cap. So within the framework of the competition, there's still a, a bill of materials you need to adhere to. There's still a budget to, to, to keep in mind. It's just the scale of it is, yeah. is very different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you're, you're heading back now to, to university. Are you are you hoping to to go back to work for Red Bull when you've uh, when you finish your degree? Um, yes, I've actually already signed a contract with them. So when I graduate, I will be going back as a design engineer. That is amazing. Well, from small beginnings doing the design challenge to being a fully fledged Formula One uh, race car engineer, I think is an amazing story. Thank you Thank so you much for joining much. us on the podcast today. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. uni are you from uh ucl how's the competition gone so far um so it went pretty well in regionals it was very surprising we didn't think we'd end up here but what do you guys think i think so far we've only done the presentation uh, which was uh, surprisingly good and we also went for scrutinizing which we're very pleased with because we passed the tests and now we are ready to compete Excellent. So uh, you've you've managed to hit the target then so far, or are you still waiting to to go with yours? We're still waiting to go with ours in the second year competition. My, I'm David Ball. I was the uh, founder of the Design Challenge. I was the chairman for 20, for 14 years, and I stepped down in 2020 for the new uh, steering group to take over. David, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is to have you here on our podcast show. I've known you for quite a long time now and, and both, you know, we've worked together uh, in the past and things. It's, it's just a pleasure to have you here. How, how much of today have you enjoyed? What, what's it been like for you today? 
I've enjoyed all of it. I, I think the uh, certainly the national competitions have got better each year, and the standards have also got better. And I think the, the the youngsters today who have been competing will make tremendously good professional engineers. They've demonstrated their ability to do it, and uh, they've got the enthusiasm, and the de designs are extremely good. You know, I, I've, I've seen in industry many professional engineers that would come up with something not as good as some of the devices today. So I'm pleased with it. Yeah, it, I, I must admit, we've just been watching the demonstration from the second year team and uh, and it was just incredible. It's it's a programmable launching yep. device that winds up, yep. builds up its energy Absolutely. and then launches the ball. It, it's a, an incredible piece of electromechanical engineering, is. really, isn't it? Well, it's, uh, it, it's, I mean, the, the whole purpose of this exercise is to simulate the device to fire a, a rope from one ship to another on the high seas. And uh, this is one of, well, the first year is the first stage of the development. The second year is the second stage. And of course, if we had a third and fourth year, they will be building the actual device. Uh, but we haven't, uh, we haven't got a third and fourth year, so we, we've stopped at the second year. Well, the second year, a lot of the students have either found it a bit difficult or the universities haven't been able to allow them the time because of all the other things that they are doing. And uh, it, it's, it's very difficult to get universities to really take the second year on board. We are working on it, and a few of them are now saying they are going to have a go at it next year, and I hope that that takes place. Yeah, we do too. I mean, because this is actually a voluntary p competition, isn't yeah. it? The students are doing it yeah. as extracurricular to their yeah. degree, so they're having to fit it in yeah. to their, their schedule to be able yeah. to take part. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean... Uh, I think it's fair to say that in each of the first year competitions originally, the universities did it as an extracurriculum activity and it was voluntary. And it was in the second year that they started to add it to their curriculum and it was part of the learning process. And, uh, and, and I think when it gets to that stage, obviously, it's good for everyone because the university put a lot of effort and time into it and obviously the institution do and the volunteers who are, uh, who are on the committees, they do. So I think it's, uh, it, it's been a good thing all round and the way it's developed has been absolutely tremendous. Uh, I've been delighted. It's 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 changed out of all proportions. I mean, you started this, what, 15 years ago, is that? Is that how long or how it's long? Actually, sixteen years. 16. Actually, I was the chairman for fourteen years, and then at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I stepped down because this new uh, steering group was founded, and I didn't want to continue as chairman. It was time somebody else did it, and uh, it's. I'm still on the steering group, and I'm still the chairman of the uh, of the team in the northwest with all the Northwest universities. And that's a very enthusiastic team. And it's the, the, some of the people are the original people that were on it 16 years ago. So it's very, very good. And you're clearly, I mean, I've, as I said, I've known you for a long time and I know how passionate you are about encouraging young engineers into the profession. And, and you, you know, 
over those 16 years, as you've seen the design challenge grow and change, you know, are you still just as passionate about it now as you were 16 years ago? Yes. <laughs> In one word, yes. I've always been passionate about it. What I want to see is every region in the UK um, involved with this competition. I think one of the, the things that there was most interesting is University College, and you've seen how involved they are now. Uh, University College, for probably two years, I was trying to get them on board. And I had numerous meetings with different people. And they were all very enthusiastic, but nothing ever happened. And then they had a change of head of school, and I arranged to go and see him. And I, did a, I was in a one-to-one -one presentation. And when I was halfway through, he said, stop, I don't need to hear anymore. This is what we want. We're on board. And obviously from that moment on, it cascaded down from, uh, from the top. And they took it on board, and it, and they, they, it really is part of the, the the university life in the first year. It's uh, it, they're very good and very enthusiastic about it. So it's, so it's really about, it's not just about getting the students here today, but it's actually about engaging with the whole process of yes, the education process yes. to get the, 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 those people who are responsible for teaching the students in and engage with it as well so that we can drive the, well, the competition. Well, we started the, the design challenge in 2006 and we came up with a very simple car or vehicle that was powered with a tension spring and nothing else. And the, the students had to design a car using the same tension spring and the winner was the one that went the furthest distance between two parallel lines and didn't go over the line. And uh, we gave them the spring so that they couldn't use anything else. And uh, that was, it was a simple device but the enthusiasm and excitement that it generated, it, it, was, it was phenomenal. And the other universities in the Northwest region started to see it. And in a very short period of time, all of them were on board. And uh, it, it moved there from strength to strength, really. And then the university, well, the, the institution uh, started to notice the success of it. And it was uh, agreed that I would visit other regions. So I started visiting the, the six regions that we have on board now, and uh, I met with the, uh, the the head of school in some instances. In other instances, I did presentations and had discussions with them, and we got them on board. And they've been on board now for quite a number of years, and it's, uh, again, part of the curriculum activity. Well, I, ha I have to say, David, today I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed sitting and the ooing and the ahhing and the cheers and the, <laughs> and the boos as, as these balls have been flying through the air and, and all these fantastic launches the students have made. It's, it's been really exciting to kind yeah. of um, feel the buzz in the room. I'm really pleased we've been able to interview you today and it's always a pleasure to see you and, and just buzz off your enthusiasm. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So what university are you from? Lancaster University. Okay, and um, how's the competition going so far? Um, a little stressful. Uh, something's happened to our device, but um, it's a good experience overall, so we're, we're definitely having fun. So what, what's, what do you think's happened? What's failed? Um, it's to do with 
they're pushing the ball into the flywheels for our device, it's not actually firing it. So the, the flywheels are spinning up to fire it, but it's not getting pushed into them, so it won't actually fire. Uh, so we've had two misfires now. So, so. No, so it's, it's not looking good, but, but you, you've learnt a lot from it, right? Yeah, um, they're tackling it now. Hopefully they saw it for the, for the next distance. Um, yeah. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. So I'm Tim Baker and I've recently taken over as chair for the iMakey Design Challenge. Tim, it's a pleasure to have you for just a small few minutes before we get back into the room for the final award ceremony. How has today gone? It's been really good. I mean, the competition, you know, the quality of what we've been seeing has been absolutely fantastic. Really, really good. It's great to see everybody together. Um, just, you know, the sort of the, the level of detail, the attention to detail of all of the teams is absolutely fantastic. Now you, as you just said, you're, you're fairly new in the res role and responsibility of running the competition, but you've been involved for quite some years, haven't you? What, what's been your involvement and, and why is this competition so valuable? Yeah, sure. So uh, people talk about having a, a journey and definitely with uh, what I've been doing, it's been like that. So I was asked to introduce the design challenge into UCL as part of their curriculum. And quite honestly, we've gone from being absolute no hopers where we turn up and to the regionals and get nowhere to starting to see some sort of level of success. Uh, and I'd say that the design challenge has really driven the improvement in standards of what we're teaching and in terms of practical engineering. So it's been you know, totally the case that the design challenge has been the, the real sort of catalyst for, for change in how we teach engineering. And obviously from that point of view, you've then gone on to, to now being, you know, in charge of the competition. So it's clearly something that you're very engaged with. What, what, do you, what value do you think it brings to the students in terms of taking part in something like this? And also what value does it bring to the university? Yeah, sure. So it really just reflects what happens in industry in real life. It's all about problem solving. Uh, it, it's taking a fairly open-ended problem and finding, you know, there's a hundred possible solutions, but how do you find the one solution to uh, actually solve the, the main challenge? Um, and again, yeah, it, it's teaching them how to work in teams. It's teaching them how to collaborate. Um, when they're in a team, they're always going to have conflict. How do they resolve that conflict? You know, it's a mini version of what they're going to see when they get out into industry. Yeah, absolutely. Going forward then, what are your hopes and aspirations for the competition um, in terms of where it goes from next? I mean, we've, we've got some great universities who are engaged, but there's a lot more to do, I guess. Sure. I'd say it's a bit like a well-kept secret at the moment. And we've got universities that are all ever-present. They, they, uh, it's embedded in the curriculum. They turn up every year. But we want to see more universities across all of the regions taking part. Um, it is. It's a fantastic introduction to engineering. You know, it's it's and to actually make something. I, I, one of my statements. Uh, a lot of students will hear me saying, "You can you can fake it till you have to make it." So <laughs> you get to see all of the fancy presentations and so on and so forth. But there's no hiding when you've actually got to deliver something and it has to work to you know actually achieve an objective and on a, a time frame you know there's, a, there's a, a stopwatch and so on and so forth that it has to happen at that exact point yeah I, I think that the whole process especially in that first and second year of uni you know you're all classroom based and yes you get to kind of make things or test things but it's all in a very safe environment now they're actually having to compete against each other they're having to as you rightly said take take 
on the the issues of time management and all of those things I, I think it must really open their eyes to what it's going to be like in the real world right? I think so yeah you hit something there it's a safe environment as well because I think there's a real um, sort of they, they turn up and they think that they should know all of the answers straight away everybody who's involved in engineering you know we've all been there we've all made the silly mistakes um, done the stupid things you, you know, that's how you learn uh, it's, you're never going to have a, a career where everything goes perfectly so absolutely uh, yeah, I, I, you know a lot of some people have, um, you know, fail fast. Let's actually find out what's going to go wrong and fix it. Uh, and again, that's what they learn here. So um, they can't do it all just straight from theory. You've got to prototype, make things, test it. There's lots of unknowns. And that's what they learn about the engineering processes that you actually, you know, go out and test things to learn about the bits that you're not quite sure about. Uh, and then you can, you know, then you can actually sort of pr deliver a prototype that you can um, sort of actually produce. So, so really, I suppose the message um, out of us talking today and, mm -hmm. and for those that are listening to the podcast is really you know come and find out about the design challenge come and find out for what it benefit it would bring to your students at your university and come and get involved exactly yeah and i think it's also important to say one of the things i want to try and um, encourage more students to be involved it doesn't have to be part of your curriculum at university you know you can if you're just a a group of friends and you're keen to have a go at something like this then you can come and join as a, an extracurricular team uh, and go to the regional finals and hopefully get to the get to the national finals yeah absolutely i will be out there any university i visit now in the next few months i'm out there telling them that they need to get involved fantastic tim thank you very much for sparing the time i'm really looking forward to getting back in the room to seeing the award ceremony so thanks very much no problem thanks very much that's all for this month in next month's show i will be speaking to engineer ian clark in a two-part special on the importance of conservation engineering and why now more than ever we need to protect our industrial heritage for future generations. Ian talks passionately and frankly about the satisfaction of seeing our history come to life and the skills engineers need to ensure it is protected, as well as his fear for the long-term direction of the conservation profession and why new blood is needed to take up the challenge of preserving our heritage. You've been listening to Impulse to Innovation, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to share any news or any feedback with us, then please email us, podcast at imeke.org. All the information on this episode can be found in the episode notes 